It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Ah, made it to a Friday. Welcome into Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Friday the 13th. Don't worry. I'm buckled into my seat. I will not be falling out of my chair today. Friday, May 13th to be exact, M&M Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. 384-1450 if you'd like to join in on the conversation. The Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee, delicious donuts. Visit our friends at Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. One hour. Till vacation. Actually, as I look at my phone, 56 minutes until my vacation begins. Be packing tonight, packing tomorrow. Here's the itinerary. Tomorrow morning, I go to the casino like I do every Saturday morning. Tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, I pack. Tomorrow night, I go see the bats with my grandson, Owen, and my daughter, Macy. We're going to have a little daddy, daughter, grandson fun night at the ballpark. It is Marvel Superhero Night tomorrow night. Spider-Man, who is uh, Owen's favorite superhero. Well, it depends what day it is. He's three. Let's be honest. One day it's Captain America. One day it's Iron Man. Usually it's Hulk Smash. But he's a big Spider-Man fan, too. So we're going to go out to a Marvel Superhero Night. The Bats wearing Doctor Strange-themed jerseys. Tomorrow night. Bats took it on the chin for the third night in a row last night. 6-4 to Toledo. Back in action, 6-35. First pitch tonight, 6-05 right here on the Big X for the pregame with Nick Kern and Jim Kelch. But this is my itinerary for tomorrow. Then Sunday morning, 5-30, myself, my wife, and Buckster from Shavley hit the road at 5-30 in the a.m. heading to Miramar Beach, Florida, Sandestin. No kids allowed, no grandkids allowed. We're going to have um, 20, I'm sorry, 19 people. 19, I guess, grown-ups. I don't know if I'd call some of these people grown-ups, but for the most part, grown-ups. A couple days of golf, five or six days of sun, sand, and no worries in the world. And that's why this show is being mailed in today. I almost called Douglas this morning and said, can I do the show from home? Because I'm putting my feet up here. But I had a couple other stops I have to make before I, I uh, get ready for, for Sandestin. So I thought, why not go on into the show? So here I am. I warned you yesterday. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We can talk about movies. We can talk about TV shows. We can talk about your favorite restaurant. Whatever you want to talk about. Thornton's text line is open for that, 414-1450. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450. The NFL schedule did get released yesterday, so I do have some, some football to talk about. I said this, and I say it all the time. Football, NFL football is 365 a year. Here we are. It is May 13th. And yesterday, the news all day long was not about NBA playoffs, it was not about uh, the PGA Golf Championship, which starts Thursday. It was not about Major League Baseball, NHL playoffs. It was all about the NFL schedule release. The NFL owns 
the news cycle, the sports news cycle, no matter what day it is. They own it. And yesterday was no exception. We had leaks all day long, two or three an hour of Monday night football matchups, Thursday night football on Amazon Prime matchups, uh, Sunday night matchups, who's playing, who, when does Russell Westbrook playing his former team, right? Um, the, the Cleveland Browns, how many games are they going to have for Deshaun Watson? Is he going to be suspended? Four games, eight games, ten games, more, less. Who's going to be the quarterback? Is Baker Mayfield really going to be the quarterback that fills in for somebody while they're suspended? When do, Who do the Chiefs – the Chiefs are playing, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs' first eight games are against teams that had a winning record next year. That has never happened before. Nobody has ever had a schedule in the history of the league where their first eight games are against teams that were over 500 the year before. And that's, that's what we got yesterday. We got the Thanksgiving schedule. We got the Christmas Day schedule. We got, we got the schedule for the entire season. We got a big focus on week one matchups on Thursday, Sunday, and Monday nights. New Year's Day, there will be games this year. 14 games on New Year's Day, which means we're going to have to move some bowl games around. The NCAA bowl games do not want to compete with the NFL on a Sunday. Ever. Ever. Regular season, postseason, Super Bowl, doesn't matter. College football will move their games to Monday, to Saturday, whatever it takes. Do they move the playoff games? Do they move the uh, Final Four to January 2nd, a Monday night? Do we have the Final Four on a Monday night? Or do they go back and have it on Saturday evening? I will tell you this. It will not be on Sunday because the NFL owns Sunday when they're playing. They own the media most of the year anyway. So, and and I'll listen, I'll get to the Reds. They stay hot yesterday. They've won five of seven. The Reds are getting dangerously close, dangerously close to not having the worst record in baseball. Yeah, I know. Crazy. What a turnaround. If I did figure this out, though. If they take two out of three in every three-game series from now to the end of the season, one out of two in every two-game series, and two out of four in every four-game series, they make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. They'll probably win the division. That's all it's going to take. I'm not asking you to win every game. I'm asking you to win every other game and two out of three in a three-game series. That's it. Hey, maybe that's too much, but that's they're hot. I'll also get to the NBA playoffs. The uh, Philadelphia 76ers are done again. Got heard a great stat this morning. I'm stealing from a lot of shows today. But the Sixers are, are out. The Dallas Mavericks stay alive. They crush Phoenix. Game, game seven, love game sevens, will be on Sunday Phoenix is an early six-point favorite there. So we'll talk about all of that. But as is normally the case, the NFL takes over here. 
So week one, Thursday night football had traditionally, until last year, had traditionally been a rematch of the Super Bowl. Thursday night, week one. Last year it wasn't. It was Cowboys-Buccaneers, if you remember. Um, they are going to play in the first week again, but it's not going to be Thursday night football. It's going to be Sunday night football in Dallas. Tampa Bay at Dallas, Sunday night football. Remember, Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth. Thursday night football is all normally, and it's almost always, set aside for the Super Bowl champion. No difference here. The Rams beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium in, in early February. They're going to open the season in SoFi Stadium on Thursday night football with the opener against, drum roll, no, I don't need a drum roll, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, by the way, getting a lot of love. A lot of love. They've got a Thanksgiving Day game as well. Buffalo getting a lot of primetime games, a lot of prime slots. People love the Bills. People love watching Josh Allen play quarterback. And the Bills are the favorite team of the NFL not located in New York or Los Angeles. Right? Not located in the huge market. This is upstate New York. Closer to Canada than they are New York City. But people, for whatever reason, love the Buffalo Bills. They will open the season in SoFi Stadium in L.A. against the world champion L.A. Rams. That's a great Thursday night football opener. That's not a good Thursday night football opener. That's a great Thursday night football opener. Sunday night football, week one, I mentioned Tampa Bay at Dallas. Tom Brady retired, unretired. He's back. He'll try to take on the Cowboys. Yeah, the NFL not doing the Cowboys any favors here. You opened with Tom Brady last year. You opened with Tom Brady this year. Now, at least you're at home this season. Nobody wants to start 0-1. Nobody wants to start 0-1. But there are literally 10 home underdogs. If you look at the early spreads here, and these are early, 10 home underdogs in week one of the season. Which means the better teams are playing on the road in week one. Right? Better teams are playing on the road. That's usually not the case. I love it. It's the NFL saying, you know what? We have parity. We can we can play these games. This is the schedule. You're just going to deal with it. We'll do it any way we want to do it. And if you were great last year, guess what? You're going to start the season on the road. The Monday night football opener is more of a story than it is a great game. It's Denver at Seattle. Former Seahawk quarterback Russell Wilson Going to be wearing the orange and blue of the Denver Broncos going on the road back to his former home to take on the Seahawks. Seahawks aren't going to be good. And there's not a whole lot of evidence that Denver's going to be any good either. So as far as games go, exciting game, that this Monday night football opener is kind of, yeah. You got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, first game at ESPN, and they give them a Denver team that finished last in their division last year against a Seattle team that did the same and is probably going to do the same this year. But it's a story. This game is about the story. Russell Westbrook, not a first-round draft choice. Rookie season, comes to Seattle. In preseason, supplants the 
incoming starter. And I forget his name. It's the kid that Green Bay, Seattle got from Green Bay because they wanted him to be the starter. He got beat out in preseason by a rookie, I think third or fourth round draft pick, Russell Wilson from Wisconsin, formerly NC State. Nobody thought he was going to be the starter, but he was. He led Seattle to a Super Bowl victory. They should have had two. And now he's in Denver. New surroundings, new people, new home. Where are you going to send him in week one? Back to his old home. Not a great game, as I said. Not a game that you circle on the schedule. Tampa Bay at Dallas, okay. Everybody either loves or hates the Cowboys. Just the way it's always been. In my lifetime, anyway. Back when Tom Landry and Danny White, Roger Staubach were playing. You either love the Cowboys or you don't love the Cowboys. You pull against the Cowboys. They're either your favorite team or the team they're playing is your favorite team. So that's it. You got Tom Brady in Dallas. Fantastic. Buffalo and the Rams speaks for itself. They will. This game, Thursday night football to open the season, will be touted as a likely Super Bowl rematch coming up in February. That's going to be the storyline there, and it's a great game. Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, it's a great game. But the Monday night football game, not a great game. It's a great story, and there's a difference. There's a big difference, right? There's a big difference. If the Rams were going to play in Detroit, and maybe they are this year, that's a great story. Because Matthew Stafford would be going back to Detroit. Not a great game. Speaking of Detroit, they always play on Thanksgiving at home. So do the Cowboys. The question was, who are they going to play? Early game Thanksgiving in Detroit, the Lions get the Buffalo Bills. Those Buffalo Bills that everybody loves to watch. Buffalo at Detroit. Game one. By the way, Detroit is the only team in the league, the only team in the NFL that does not have a primetime game. Every game the, the Lions have is at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock on a Sunday or their traditional Thanksgiving Day game, which is on at 1 o'clock or 12.30, I believe. No primetime games for Detroit. That's that's chalkboard material, right? If I'm Dan Campbell, the head coach, I put it up on the chalkboard. This is what the NFL thinks of us. We don't have one game at night. Not a Sunday night football, not a Monday night football, not even a Thursday night football. We don't have anything. We got 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock. That's it. So Thanksgiving starts in Detroit with the Bills and the Lions. It continues with Dallas at home at 4 o'clock against the New York Giants. This is something you you don't see a lot of. Every now and then, the Bears will play Detroit on uh, Thanksgiving Day. But divisional games, you don't see it a lot. Maybe every three or four years, the, the Washington football team will play in Dallas. But it feels like it's unfair to the teams that are the visiting teams if it's a divisional game. Feels like it's unfair to the Giants. Now, the Giants are not going to be very good. Nobody, nobody is sitting at home right now thinking, who are the Giants going to play in the playoffs in the first round? 
But it's something the NFL, I don't think, likes to do. It's usually a short week. You're coming in on from a Sunday game. You got to go on the road. Let's make it a inner inner division. Let's put Buffalo in Dallas, right? And let's put the Giants in Detroit because these aren't divisional games. But no, it's going to be a divisional game. Giants in Dallas. The Thanksgiving night game. I scratch my head a little bit. New England at Minnesota. Neither team's supposed to win their division. Primetime game on Thanksgiving, which everybody looks forward to, right? You have the family over, you eat too much turkey, the uh, the chemical kicks in, you take a nap in the middle of the Dallas game, you kind of fall asleep in your easy chair. Uh, hopefully one of the, uh, the kids outside playing playing uh, football, nobody gets hurt, and Grand- Pop Pop's just sitting there watching the Cowboys and dozing off. And then you wake up. And you get that second wind, Thanksgiving night. You're still tired. You're uh, yell- getting yelled at by the wife while she's doing all the cleaning up. And you're looking for a really good game. New England and Minnesota. I'm not sure. It's not Tom Brady. It's not a Patriots team that's expected to compete for the divisional title. It's not a Vikings team that is expected to hang around with Green Bay in their division. Kirk Cousins, Mac Jones, that's not that's not really a needle pusher. But there you go. Thanksgiving night, New England at Minnesota. All right, we'll look at the Christmas Day games. Um, Preakness news coming up. I got an interesting question I'll pose to you shortly. Talk NBA playoffs, Reds as well. I'll give you the tease here on the NBA question. You got one of these four guys that you have to have on your team next year. Who's it going to be? James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons. Be back after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open 384 1450 to join in on the conversation. 384 1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 414-1450. Donald Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. And uh, hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Big X golf cards are ready. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio Golf card. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Play those five courses for under $25 a round, cart included. Get yours today. Supplies are limited. Um, Thornton Text Machine. Justin, uh, thank you, Justin. Trista Pan. Trista Fan. I can't even say it right. Look, I'm on vacation in my head already. So uh, anything I say can and will be used against me the rest of the uh, week. Tryptophan is the chemical I was looking for in Turkey that's going to make me sleep through the second and third quarters of that Giants-Dallas game on Thanksgiving Day. I do want to send a shout-out to my buddy Rob Taylor over at ProVen Vending Services. Um, he, he's, he got me two tickets to the bats tomorrow night for my grandson Owen and for my daughter, and I just want to thank him for that. Um, RT, you're the best, man. I'll see you in Destin 
on Sunday night. He's one of the one of those uh, people I talked about earlier that may or may not be a grown-up uh, going to – and listen, I include myself in that as well, uh, going to Destin as, as a group this year. All right, uh, quick derby news or quick horse racing news. Rich Strike, who won the derby at 80-1, to 1, longest shot on the board, out of the Preakness. The Connections decided not to run the derby champion in the second leg of the Triple Crown. I'm sure Pimlico and Baltimore are really happy to hear that. Brittany Griner's detention in Russia has been extended another month. This is ridiculous, folks. And I wonder what the government would do and this is not a political show, but she is one of the top five players in the WNBA. All right, what if it was, what if it was um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and or even Luka Doncic, even though he's not an American-born player, these are not American-born players. Joel Embiid. What if it was LeBron? What if it was one of the top five players in the NBA without a W in front of it? Would things be different? I think they would. This is this is just sad news, and somebody above my pay grade needs to get on this. That's for sure. All right, back to the NFL schedule. Um, Amazon Prime is now the exclusive carrier of Thursday night football. You're going to get the uh, terrific voices of Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet to call the games on Thursday night. I'm going to assume starting with Buffalo and the Rams on the first week of the regular season. I have Amazon Prime. But this this, uh, streaming services package, maybe it's me. I'm grumpy old man. I'm stuck back in the 80s. I admit it. I've got DirecTV, and I like my DirecTV. I always have. I have the option of NFL Sunday Ticket, which I take advantage of basically every other year. I'll go ahead and pay the premium and get all the games on Sunday. Um, MLB Extra Innings, which I know you can get on other services, but I've got that as well. And I like my DirecTV. I like my package packages that I get. I like my HBO. It's not TV. It's HBO. I like all that. Now, The other streaming services I pay for include, and maybe are not limited to, but include Netflix, Amazon Prime, which now, by the way, has exclusive baseball games on Friday night, two every Friday night, and I think Tuesday night as well. So I pay for Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, uh, what else do I have? Disney Plus for for the grandson. Um... What else do I have? I have Peacock, but I won't pay for Peacock Premium. I don't pay for Paramount Plus. Uh, I haven't paid yet for ESPN Plus. Man, I am holding out on this. I am holding out like a stubborn stubborn teenager, not, not being allowed to go out on a Friday night at 8 o'clock, having a curfew. I'm stubborn. But I have Amazon Prime, so I'm going to get the NFL Thursday night game. I'm happy about that. At what point... Do I cut loose from DirecTV? Which, by the way, also is a supplier of my internet. So that's another thing you have to factor in here. At what point, and I think the point is becoming closer and closer, do I cut loose from DirecTV, forget about cable, forget about and just 
Just get all these streaming services. Right? Paramount Plus. I can watch everything on CBS. Peacock Premium, I can watch anything on NBC. Hulu, I've already got. I've got an ABC connection there. ESPN Plus, you can watch anything on ESPN. Plus a, li- a library of other stuff, too. And it's going to be a lot cheaper. HBO Max, which I get because I have HBO. I pay for HBO, so I get HBO Max free. I'll just have to pay for HBO Max instead of uh, paying for HBO. <sighs> the conundrum. Monday Night Football, I mentioned the Broncos-Seahawks uh, first game. And, of course, you got the new crew with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on ESPN. You'll probably, and I'm guessing because of the success that it had, you're going to have the uh, Manning cast on ESPN2 where Eli and Peyton just hang around, bring some buddies on board, and talk talk the whole four quarters. It was much better than watching the standard broadcast of Monday Night Football last year. Week two, Titans, Bills, and Vikings, Eagles. Now, week two is interesting because this is the first time the NFL's done this. They're overlapping games. They're overlapping games. If you turn on a game on Sunday at 1 o'clock, that game is 90% of the time, 95% of the time, it's over before the 425 games start. So there's no overlap. Monday Night Football is going to do an overlap at least once this year. I think I think maybe they're going to do it twice, but at least once. Titans-Bills will start at 7.30 on ESPN. Vikings-Eagles will start at, uh, at 7.15, excuse me. Vikings-Eagles will start at 8.30, so an hour and 15-minute overlap. So you'll be late second quarter watching Titans-Bills when the Vikings and Eagles start. It's, it's fascinating. People are complaining about it already. Now, the reason they're doing this is because when they did 7-15, 10-15 on Monday Night Football, doubleheaders, nobody watched the 10-15 games, especially East Coast people didn't watch the 10-15 games. So they're trying this. I, I'm fine with it. Everybody's got picture-in-picture. Right? If you don't have picture-in-picture, you need to take that TV that still has a tube in it and turn it in and get something else. Week three, Cowboys at Giants. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Boring. Week four, Rams at 49ers. I like that one. Week uh, six, Raiders at Chiefs. Okay, divisional game. We'll see how good the Raiders are. Then uh, you go Broncos at Chargers. I understand that um, I understand that people like watching Russell Westbrook. Broncos are getting a lot of love here on in prime time. They've also got a uh, London game against the Jaguars. Um, October twenty fourth, Bears at Patriots. Ooh, that may be a game I'm. I might watch some Dukes of Hazard reruns that night. My buddy uh, Phoenix Hill Richard would say, let's watch some Dukes of Hazard reruns. So, again, Monday night, it looks to me, as I look at the schedule, you got Commanders and the Eagles, uh, Steelers, Colts, Patriots, Cardinals later on in the year. Monday night football looks like what Thursday night football used to be. 
you throw a couple of teams in there that aren't expected to do a, do a whole lot in the playoffs. If I'm Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I look at this Monday night football schedule and I go, you're not helping us here. We left for this? I think Thursday is going to have a much better schedule. Thursday night football is going to have a much better schedule. All right. Um, the question I asked before the break, I think, is a legitimate question. And I think the answer is fairly easy. But you tell me what you think. Thornton's text line, 414-1450. You got to keep one of these guys on your roster next year. All things equal, one of these guys has to be on the roster. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons. Now, I'm throwing Westbrook out because he's a little past his prime, I think. He's just a little bit past his prime. What he did with the Lakers this year was very unimpressive. It's not going to get better, and it's likely to get worse. Ben Simmons, you don't know what you're going to get. Kyrie Irving is the answer to this question, by the way, because he didn't play half the games this year. Yes, he's an unbelievable headache, but when he plays, he's really good. That's the difference. When he plays, he's really good. Russell Westbrook, no. James Harden, no. Ben Simmons, we don't know. James Harden was so bad last night, and that's what I was leading into here. Miami closes out Philadelphia 99-90. You know how many points James Harden had in the second half? Zero. Zero. This was a home game. He had 31 in the last home game, a Sixers win. He took two shots in the second half, one of which he took when the game was already decided. The game was over. How does James Harden, arguably second best player on the team, take one, one critical shot in the second half? Is there an agenda here? I have to feel there's an agenda. He has made it no secret that he's not part of the Doc Rivers fan club. Maybe he's trying to get his coach fired. Joel Embiid, after the game, had some critical words for the entire team However, without saying it out loud, he was pointing at James Harden. He was. He's not Houston James Harden. But he's in a draft class of a bunch of guys who are still really, really good. Really good. What happened here? He wanted out of Houston. I get that. Houston was rebuilding. They weren't going to be very good. He didn't want to play. Okay, we'll get you out of Houston. We'll send you to Brooklyn. You want to go to Brooklyn? You get to play with Kyrie. You get to play with Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, let's go to Brooklyn. Well, that didn't work out. Kyrie was playing half the games. James Harden was not ball dominant like he was everywhere else before he went to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant was ball dominant. And when Kyrie played, he was ball dominant. James Harden has to be ball dominant, which means... If he's going to control the ball, if he's going to have the ball in his hands 65% of the time, he's going to take a bunch of shots, you can't have other good players because they're not going to stand for it. Then he goes to Philly. Oh, my gosh. First two games in Philly, he was incredible, and they were talking championship. The Philadelphia 76ers 
this is a stat I stole from this morning, have been to one conference final since Dr. J retired. Think about that. Since Julius Irving retired, and a lot of you young kids don't remember, the doctor was one of the best. They've been to, not one, been to one conference final. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And it was embarrassing last night. Um, look, Miami's a better team. Miami's a better team. Jimmy Butler, best player on the floor. Joel Embiid, I give him a lot of credit. Didn't play the first two games. They got beat. Orbital fracture. Uh, torn ligament in his shooting thumb. He comes back. He gives it everything he has. He had 20 and 12 last night. He took shots. You could tell every time that mask that he was wearing got touched, it was incredible pain. He was a warrior. Tyrese Maxey, crying after the game. It meant something to him. James Harden doesn't care. He doesn't care. He, his agenda right now is, and because he's under contract, there's nowhere, no way to ship him anywhere. His agenda is, I don't like this coach. I'm going to get him fired. I'm going to get Mike D'Antoni in here. That's the guy I like because why? He's going to let me dribble around, go between the legs, shoot some uh, those step-back three-pointers. He's going to let me run it the way I want to run it. That's the goal here, I think. And it's sad to think that in the NBA playoffs, one player can decide he's going to sabotage the team to get the coach fired. But I, I do believe that's where his head was in, in this series. Jimmy Butler, 32 points again. Max Struess was great. P.J. Tucker, 12-9. and nine. Miami now waits the Boston-Milwaukee survivor. Game six is tonight. Milwaukee can close out the Celtics. I'll give you a couple winners. By the way, you're welcome. I gave you a couple winners last night. I had Miami money line. I told you that. I told you to take Dallas. I'll take the two points. Didn't need them. Dallas routes Phoenix, 113-86. Talk more about that game after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the week, which means final segment pre-vacation. Yeah, I know. I'm bragging. Very excited. Heading out Sunday, Miramar Beach, Sandestin, Topsail Tides. A lot of uh, adult beverages, a lot of beach time, a little bit of golf. Some of the guys playing a lot of golf. I'm a little bit of a golf guy. I'll play once. I'm good with that. I want beach time. Get a little uh, earbuds in, put the music on, pop the top, sit back. We go down 10 a.m., go to the beach. Sundown, come back up. Order in some Chinese or some pizza. Good time. Good times. All right, back to the uh, NBA playoffs. And by the way, I'll go ahead and tell you who's going to win all of these, uh, all these series, uh, either Sunday or tonight. Dallas beats uh, Phoenix one thirteen to eighty six last night. They led it sixty to forty five at halftime. They outscored uh, the Suns fifty three to forty one second half. This is a dangerous series. 
Now, this was a dangerous series all along, but when Phoenix won game one and game two, you thought, okay, Phoenix, they got the best record in the league in the regular season. They're going to roll Dallas. They'll probably win this in five. Luka Doncic, if I'm ranking best players in the NBA right now as we speak, I'm putting Giannis number one. I'm putting Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, number one, NBA champion last year. Got a legit shot of winning it again this year. He had 40 the other night in game five in Boston to help knock the Celtics off. He's great. I got Luka up at number two here. I mean, Jokic is a two-time back-to-back MVP. He's great at what he does. It's ma- He's magical at what he does. The numbers he puts up without the athleticism that a lot of these other guys have are, is incredible. You can argue Joel Embiid. You can actually argue LeBron James. Had one of his best years ever. But when your team doesn't make the playoffs, does it really matter? Does it really matter? I would argue right now Luka Doncic, second best player in the league. You could probably argue he's the best player in the league. Uh, 33 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists last night. I mean, he carries this team. He carries them. And look, they played well when he was hurt early in the playoffs. But they're so good when he's good. When he's good, when you get great Luka, and I'm not sure he was great last night. 33, 11, and 8, and I'm not sure he was great. He missed 15 shots. He only hit two of eight from three. He missed five free throws last night. But you know what he did? He didn't turn the ball over. He had one turnover last night. Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined for 32 last night. Luka had 33. Devin Booker had eight turnovers last night. And Chris Paul had five. They had 13 turnovers combined out of the starting guards for Phoenix. Luka had one. And he controls the ball nearly every possession that he's in the game. It would not surprise me Sunday if Dallas goes into Phoenix and Luka beats the Suns. Now, look, he got some help. Uh, He got 18 from Jalen Brunson last night, 19 from Reggie Bullock. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who hadn't been shooting at all, came off the bench, hit five out of seven threes for 15 points. If he does that, Dallas is that much better. It would not surprise me if Dallas beat Phoenix on Sunday. I don't think they will, but I certainly would not be surprised. DeAndre Ayton had 21 and 11 for the Suns last night. Booker had 19 and 8, but again, 8 turnovers as well. Only three players for the Suns in double figures. Where have you gone, Mikhail Bridges? He was 2 for 7. Where have you gone, Jay Crowder? He only had 9 points. Uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul was great early in the series. He's been terrible the last four games. Literally terrible. He had 13 points, two rebounds, four assists last night, and five turnovers. He's been awful. The bench did nothing last night. Um, I mean, 113 to 86, that kind of says it all. 
Tonight, Boston and Milwaukee in Milwaukee. The Bucks are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Game number four in Milwaukee, the Bucks were one-point favorites. And I remember this distinctly, saying anytime the Bucks are at home against anybody and they're only a one-point favorite, I'm going to take them. I feel the same way tonight. They're at home. They're a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I know Chris Middleton's out. They have not skipped a beat with Chris Middleton out. That win in Boston the other night, and I've said this many times before, it's one game. When Memphis beat Golden State the other night, was up 52 at the end of three quarters, won by 39, I tried to remind you it's only one game. It doesn't matter if you lose by one or if you lose by 50. It's one loss in a seven-game series. But that Boston-Milwaukee game five felt different. The Celtics had just beaten Milwaukee in, uh, in Milwaukee at the Mecca, or whatever it's called now. They were coming back home. They had a 14-point lead with 10 minutes to play. The Celtics blew that game just as much as the Bucks stole that game. Turnovers, bad shots, poor offensive possessions. Your fourth best player on the court takes your most important shot of the game late, Marcus Smart. They don't get it to Tatum or Brown or Horford. Marcus Smart takes a shot, gets it blocked. I mean, they blew the game. They gave it away. And those kind of things do linger. They do linger. And if it seeps in early tonight and Milwaukee gets off to a good start, the Celtics may not recover. I picked Milwaukee and Phoenix before the playoffs started to be in the finals. I'm going to stick with that now. I'm taking Milwaukee and giving the point and a half tonight. Um, I know it's one game, but this game was one the Celtics are probably in the back of their mind still thinking about. They're on the plane to Milwaukee yesterday. They're thinking about it. Man, how did we lose that game? How did we lose that game? We did everything to win that game until the final two minutes of the game. 7.30 ESPN tonight. 10 o'clock ESPN, Memphis at Golden State. 134 to 95. That was a score in a game in which Vegas had Golden State as a four-point favorite on Wednesday night. They trailed by 52 after three quarters. You don't watch that film. You don't break that game down. You get on the plane. You go back home to, to the San Francisco area, and you go, okay, let's regroup here. Steve Kerr has not been on the bench for the last two games. I don't know if he'll be back tonight. Golden State just lost by 39 and they're an eight-point favorite. And I say this until I'm blue in the face. Vegas always knows what they're doing. And you can say, well, John, Vegas had Golden State as a four-point favorite on Wednesday, and they lost by 39. You're right. Those things happen. Vegas is smart enough to say, you know what? It was an anomaly. Golden State's still an eight-point favorite at home tonight. John Morant's not going to play again. And that's a sad part of this. He's got a bone bruise officially on that knee. 
Uh, I've had a bone bruise on my heel before. It is no fun. It is no fun. I can't imagine him playing in this game or probably the next game if they do get back to Memphis for a game seven. I don't think they will. I think Golden State dominates tonight, kind of like Memphis dominated on Wednesday. They're going to hit some early threes. I expect a huge game out of Clay Thompson tonight. I think Clay might go 38-40 tonight. So give me give me the favorites. I took the dogs last night. Both of them hit. I'm taking the favorites tonight. Milwaukee minus one and a half. Golden State minus eight. I do think Phoenix will win a very close game on Sunday against Dallas. I think we're going to have Milwaukee against Miami in the east. Phoenix against Golden State in the west. Uh, maybe the way it should be the one and three seeds from each conference. Memphis, as a two seed, look, they had a great record. Did you really believe Memphis was better than Golden State? Did you really think Memphis was the second best team in the West? Steve Kerr and Golden State, they've won titles. They don't care about where they're seated for the playoffs. They don't. And I get the same feeling from Mike Budenholzer and Milwaukee. They don't care where they're seated. They'll figure out a way to beat whatever team's in front of them in a seven-game series. And that's why I still think Milwaukee and Phoenix are going to be in the finals. It's going to be hard to get there. Phoenix is going to have to win, uh, you know, beat Dallas in a game seven. They're going to have to figure out a way to beat Golden State if the uh, Warriors advance. Miami, are, did in, does anybody believe they're the best team in the East? I don't. They had the best record in the East. I don't believe they're the best team. They're a great defensive team. Jimmy Butler is the star nobody talks about. Milwaukee's the best team in the East. They have been most of the season. And they're going to get Chris Middleton back. They're getting better without him. Guys like Grayson Allen, getting better playing better, getting more minutes. That's the beauty of winning when your best player or one of your best players is not available. The other guys figure out a way to win, and it makes the team better. Grayson Allen, Wesley Matthews, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, who had the big bucket in, in game five, those guys just got better. And they're gonna get they're gonna get Chris Middleton back if they can get past the Celtics. Eventually they'll get him back. I I said this early in the playoffs. Boy, Miami, Milwaukee, I really look forward to that series. And it looks like it's gonna come to fruition. Now, can the Celtics win tonight? Yes. Can Dallas beat Phoenix tomorrow or Sunday? Yes. So I can be wrong on all of these things, but I'll stand by my picks. Bats baseball tonight, 635 first pitch, 605 pregame right here on the Big X with Nick Curran and Jim Kelch as the Bats take on the Toledo Mud Hens. I'm on vacation. I'll see you in about 10 days. Thanks for listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage right here on the Big X.